Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Nick Einstman. Um, sorry, it's been a little bit since my last episode. I've mentioned this on my other podcast, but I, um, uh, I've moved recently. I uh, had a bit of car trouble and started a new job. Uh, I know those are all sound like excuses, but I also do two other podcasts, so that's sort of the way it's gone. And this podcast is a little different, too, where I have to coordinate with another person with a schedule, and uh, most of the time it's artists. So I love artists. I love talking to artists, but we artists are a um, difficult bunch sometimes to, uh, you know, uh, nail down to a specific time and date. So uh, I've had a couple lined up that uh, last minute had to be canceled, so on and so forth. So um, I'm glad to be back doing it, though. Um, this episode, like all the other episodes this season, uh, sponsored by WeAreDappertize.com. They've got a whole selection of really high-quality ties, neckties. That um, If you go to WeAreDappertize.com, check it out, uh, the selection they've got if, for all your tie needs. And uh, if you decide you want to purchase one or two or a half dozen of them, at checkout, if you put in promo code TRUTH, you will get free shipping in the United States. So that's uh, wearedappertise.com, promo code TRUTH. Um, so Nick is someone that I met. We both worked in a kitchen together. Nick is the co-creator, co-host of a podcast called Wax Reels and Beans, uh, where they review um, albums, which is the wax part, beans, coffee, and uh reels which it's movie reels so it's uh you know if you're interested in listening to it it's uh wax reels r-e-e-l-s and beans uh they are on itunes now um nick is uh you know we got together at white heron coffee in portsmouth or white heron tea and coffee uh and now records as well there's a little record shop in there so shout out to them um uh, this was a real free form conversation. You know, I had thrown something out on social media yesterday saying, who wants to podcast tomorrow? I do have a list of a bunch of people that I'm going to talk to, want to talk to, uh, so on and so forth. But I like to, I did it last year, uh, with the episode with, uh, Joe Finkel. And I like to just every once in a while, throw it out there, see who's interested in talking to me for a podcast, uh, that, uh, was not necessarily on my radar. Um, Nick is someone that I had on the For the Love of Film podcast where we talked about Star Wars, but this was cool to just talk about some stuff that interested him. Um, I also have a few few other people lined up for the next few weeks that responded to that uh, post. So uh, I'm looking forward to all of those, talking to some people that I wouldn't necessarily have thought right away for this podcast, uh, but I'm looking forward to chatting with them. So Without further ado, here is my chat with Nick Einstman. Not that I have anything against it, it was just I'm left-handed, and it was 
like now it's so hard to find left-handed instruments like on the rack um i forget where i was but uh and this was this was 10 years ago so it was a little easier but you know it might have even been a pawn shop yeah and yeah, yeah. because it was a lefty bass like not many people go to pawn shops looking for that stuff like see i think you're gonna find like that diamond in a roof in a pawn shop right like, I found my first or my second Ibanez in a in a pawn shop. And I yeah. paid eighty bucks for it. Yeah. It's, it's lasted me for God knows how long. Yeah. Well, pawn shops are like such a crapshoot because you never yeah. like. I don't know. I look at pawn shops the way I look at um, like yard sales and used record stores. I'm like, if you go in looking for a specific thing, you're going to be upset because you're never yeah, going to find, find what you're looking for. Yeah. But if you just go in and look, you're, you'll, you'll yeah, find you'll something. find something. Something yeah. that's like, oh well, yeah. I haven't seen this in God knows yeah. how long. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I've had to like warn girlfriends in the past. Like, if we've been like traveling anywhere, we go to a city, and they'll be like. Oh, there's a record store. Do you want to pop in there? And I'm like, there's, there's no real popping in a record store yeah. for me. It's a minimum, like, half-hour commitment. I'm going to like, be there for 45 minutes, yeah. <laughs> muttering to myself like a madman. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'm like, I'll find, like, one or two things that I was really looking for, especially if it's on a new release day. I'll be like, yeah. well, I'm going in for this, and then I'll look and see what else they've got. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that was the thing when I did my, my trip last fall. Is I visited probably... I don't know, probably 10 record stores, which, you know, for some people that know me might not think that's much, but visiting 10 record stores in 38 days is, you know, yeah, this, you know, yeah, it gets every four days going to a record store. And, and it's almost impossible for me to visit a record store without buying something. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been buying CDs lately, and I don't really know why. My yeah. CD player in my car doesn't work, but really? I really just like the, uh, the pamphlets that come with CDs. Yeah. It's been like one of those things like, oh, I had this growing up. <laughs> Have you, do you normally buy on vinyl or digital? I, I normally buy records like vinyl, because uh, most of the stuff that I'm buying comes with the digital plates to begin right. with. But I mean, you know, now that I'm moving, a lot of my stuff has been like, well, do I act? Did I actually need that record? And then it goes back to Bull Moose. I'm like, hey, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. I've got a small stack of CDs in my car that's going to be dropped off at Bull Moose after we finish up with it. <laughs> it's one of those things that I'm really like, because I've moved so much. Like, like I said earlier. I just moved like three weeks ago, which is the second time I've moved in seven months. Yeah. Excuse me. Hopefully, I won't move for a while. And I, I given my situation, I'm subletting from a friend, um, and the property manager of the apartment is also a friend. So it's everyone. It's everything's above boards. Everyone knows about it, but I don't think anyone's going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah. I think it'll be. It'll either be. Until I'm ready to move, or until they get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if if at some point it changes and, and my friend decides to move in, I might take take that as my cue to be like, all right, now I'm gonna move on to the Time next. Time to get something else. Yeah. But I'm also like, so I'm trying to like pare down my stuff because I have so much stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I was pretty excited. It was uh, so the other day I found a couple. Uh, vintage Star Wars figures. Uh, Actually, I think I saw your post about that. It was the... Well, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I buy them online, sometimes I find them, and this was just... Uh, this was in a, a little pawn shop up in uh, 
don't know if it's Kittery or Fritz York, but it's somewhere along Route 1. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, cool, score. Um, and again, it, with it being vintage Star Wars figures, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I grabbed two of them as a, a Greedo and Hammerhead. That's pretty cool. Um, and, and I was I was psyched. I knew I didn't have Hammerhead, and I thought I didn't have Greedo. And then when I was moving <laughs> stuff around today, I found another Greedo. But I'm just like, whatever. I don't I, I don't care. My um, it's funny. My buddy Bob just gave me the. There used to be an action figure carrying case that was shaped like Darth Vader's, like torso. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. like pick. Uh, if you've you, you seen uh, the toys that shaped us, that Netflix. Thing? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw remember that. seeing that in yeah. uh, in that series or in that Star Wars. I, and I had it when I was a kid, and Bob gave me his because he's like, I know this is going to a good home. And he's like, I'm trying to pare down as well. He's like, but I know you're much more into this stuff yeah. now than I am. Um, it's actually currently sitting in my shower because it was a little dirty which he said he's like you're gonna need to clean it yeah. and i've i've given it given it a couple rinsings already um so i'm letting it dry but uh it's got these little rails with figures names on it. i remember when i got it it came with stickers that you can put it on so you know who's there so i'm just like i was like all right well if i start getting doubles I'm going to put the doubles in there in the slots yeah. and you know see that'd if I can fill sweet. it that yeah. way yeah. that'd be really cool I, my, my rule with any like vintage toys though is like no more than two of them I, there's a I watch this um, there's a YouTube channel that I follow called uh, Toy Galaxy okay so tw- twice a no actually there's three videos a week but the one on Sunday is not like a it's not like a regular episode. It's, yeah, it's not like a bonus content type yeah. of deal. And it's usually a lot longer. It's usually like the regular ones are between four and ten minutes, and the one on Sundays is usually like twelve to fifteen minutes. And yeah. it's, it's it's usually he goes to a flea market during the weekend, and it's him just showing off all the all the stuff that he bought. That's pretty uh, cool. Which is cool, <laughs> but it's also like. I don't pay as much attention. The other ones are like reviews of, of products and whatnot, but he has a collection that's I'm probably going to get this wrong. And Dan Larson, if you're listening, I apologize if I got it wrong. But um, he's actually he's got a ton of followers, but he's he's based in Manchester, New York. Oh, really? I'm, okay. try, I'm trying to get him on this podcast. Um, he's about the same age as me. I think he's like a year or two younger. But yeah, yeah. he has like 400 of the original. Boba Fett's. So wow. yeah, and he, he, it's called the Boba set. So he has them like all yeah. on stands. That's and really cool. His whole thing is he's not trying to collect like mint, like mint pristine ones. He, yeah. he doesn't care, and he actually likes the really like mangled ones too. Well, I think that shows that like the toy was used as it was supposed it was, to be. It was you know? enjoyed. It was enjoyed. Yeah, you know? That's it was his loved. He's like each one of these had a story before it got to me. Yeah. You know, he's like I don't know what it is, but. Uh, I have an, uh, one of the original like Han Solos from Kenner. Yeah. I don't even know where I got it, but like the knees are all busted up. Like everything's like. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's missing a hand. Yeah. But I remember growing up as a kid, like playing with that and like the uh, the replicas of like the stormtroopers and like the uh, the Tie Fighter pilots. Yeah. The only good guy I had was this busted up Kenner Han yeah. Solo. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I had a Star Wars and GI Joe were the big things for me in when I was a kid, and it was great because they were the same size, so you could yeah. even though. It's funny because now as an adult collector, because when I was a kid, I thought G.I. Joe, the figures themselves were better than the Star Wars ones because they had much better articulation. Yeah. They were a harder plastic. Um, they were basically more durable. You could do more with them, and they came with more accessories. I mean, most Star Wars figures just came with a single yeah. thing, usually a gun. Um, 
But over time, as a collector rebuying stuff from the 80s, Star Wars figures hold up much better. Than oh, yeah. Because G.I. Joe have the little rubber band that held them together, and most of those rot away. I mean, there's, there's a replacement one that you can buy, and a lot of people do that now, but... Uh, and they also discolor really badly. Yeah. So. Well, you also have to remember when Kenner first started doing those min- with like one fourth Star Wars figures because they were the first ones to do those smaller three figures, three quarter right? size. Yeah. Yep. And GI Joe or Hasbro basically had to like catch up and like went from like these doll size figures down to. The, yeah. yeah. Which I always thought was interesting because I grew up with GI Joe figures first. So all of my older cousins and friends had those, right. you know, and then like I got Star Wars figures as time went on. Yeah, but I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, never thought any different. <laughs> it's funny because Kenner, Kenner got bought out by Hasbro like yeah. 15 years ago, and so now with the Star, with they do Star Wars toys that have a vintage look to the packaging, and those will even have the Kenner logo on them. But yeah. Kenner doesn't exist doesn't anymore. anymore. Yeah, it's it, so it's funny because GI Joe and and Star Wars are made by the same company now although G.I. Joe is currently not being made at all but yeah. it's and also Mask I don't know if you remember Mask that was that was like a that was like a dark horse toy uh, not not the dark horse comic book but uh, like yeah, yeah, I see lesser saying. known like it was basically a combination of like G.I. Joe and Transformers. So the figures were they're they're two and a half inches tall. Okay. But they have removable they were called masks, but they're helmets. Yeah. And they they have vehicles that turn into like these like battle tanks and stuff like that. So it's like a like the main one is a is a Camaro that turns into a flying car and one's an eighteen wheeler rig and but because they weren't as popular and because they had so many small parts, like finding ones intact now, like you end up paying a lot for them. Like, I've, I've been slowly, when I can, like, rebuilding the collection I had as yeah. a kid. But <laughs> most of the vehicles, just for the vehicle itself on eBay, it's, they're like 30 to $50. And then the figures, the figures will, can be anywhere from, like, a when I first started selling stuff on eBay and conversely buying stuff on eBay yeah. again, um, I would buy individual figures. I'm like, I'm looking for this guy, and I'd pay like 15 bucks a pop for a figure this big. Yeah. I've found that like bidding on large lots, even if I don't need, it, it saves you money, and because you can actually just turn them around. If you right, want. and I yeah, and I've done that because I have like a bag, probably like you know one of those half gallon Ziploc bags full of figures with hel- without helmets, and I have a smaller bag of helmets without the figures and every time I buy a lot I see if I can I mean I'll look at the pictures beforehand I'll be like alright I need that guy and I need that helmet or whatever whatever and I've turned around and resold some I actually have two that just sold today for I think sixteen dollars, um, which not a ton, but I didn't pay yeah, that much exactly. for them. Like it paid for at least one of the lots that I bought them from before, and I'm slowly filling in because it's very rare that I'll get the vehicle with with the action with the figure. figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry to any listener who are like, God, he's talking about this toys again. Like a toy rant. Well, I've done that like three what or four times on this podcast. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like if people are not interested in nerd stuff. Um, they turn out, they tune out pretty quickly. Oh yeah. So speaking of nerd <laughs> stuff, and I see the this your your logo uh, for your podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, what's the name of your podcast? The name of the podcast is uh, Wax Reels and Beans. Yeah. It's uh, a coffee music and well, 
more coffee and movie review now. Right. Um, it started off where it was uh, a blog that reviewed music, coffee, and, and uh, movies. Yeah. And now it's just uh, me and my buddy Jake. Every week we record a couple different episodes about movies to watch that week, movies that are coming out, yeah. and kind of either rip them apart or uh, praise them. You know. <laughs> What's uh? What have you watched this week? Uh, this week we just finished watching uh, What Happened to Monday with William Defoe and uh, Nomi. I can't pronounce her last name. It's a, it's a Netflix original. Is it a new one? Uh, it came out last year. Basically what it is... Uh, oh, what Happened to Monday? What Happened to Monday. Okay. And uh, the whole premise behind the movie is uh, Earth's population is at like a critical point. Like We can't have more than... Like, if you're a family, you can only have one child. No siblings allowed. Right. Now, William Defoe's daughter has subtuples, so there's seven kids. Uh and because there's Zach where you're not allowed to have seven kids, uh, William Defoe named all of these do- these girls Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth. And basically what happens is each girl is allowed to go out on the day that her name is. Um, They're identical. Yeah, identical twins. Some tablets. Uh, and uh, it's just an interesting take on like the, the population crisis. And sure. then it's a, also a, an interesting dystopian like future that... I love sci-fi to begin with, so yeah. this was one of those movies that I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it's funny, I, I just saw a movie last night dealing with twins and triplets. I saw that uh, Three Identical Strangers movie. So it's a documentary. Um, and I knew very little going into it, and then once I started watching it, I realized that this was actually a well-known story, but it was in the 80s, so okay. I was too young. So these two guys... This one guy goes to a community college in upstate New York in 1980. He's 19 years old and never been there before. People start recognizing him, saying, hey, how's it going? You know, didn't think you were coming back. Good to see you. And he's like, what's going on? Then this one guy comes up and is, like, dumbfounded. Um, And he's like... Were you born on whatever the date was, 1962? It was like July 21st. He's like, yes. He's like, I think you have a brother. He's like, wow. And this is another guy his age. And this is a true story, too. Um, It's one of the brothers telling it from the beginning. So the guy who's like asking him everything the previous year had been roommates with his with, guy, with, with, with his, his brother. brother who they're almost identical so they get reunited there's a there's a article in the New York Post about it um, it's like you know at 19 years old these brothers reunited another kid who's in uh, New York City at the time sees the article in the Post and is like these dudes look a lot like me uh, like they look into it so there was three of them. They were all separated at six months old. So it's all, and they all were within, grew up within a hundred miles of each other. None of the families knew that there was two other ones. Like yeah. they all were oh, told. One. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of goes into that. And then you find out that, uh, like it, it, it got a lot darker than I was expecting it to be because you found out there was actually a study on twins that was done in the 50s and 60s uh, that this this um, uh, adoption agency orchestrated. So basically they separate, they intentionally separated, separated twins, separate. yeah. but then would follow up because they did it with eight families. Um, they, they were the only triplets, but everyone else was twins. Interesting. And it was, they intentionally placed them in different uh, like economic class families to see like the nature versus nurture thing. 
And the other thing too, because they would they would follow up like every six weeks, they would come and observe the kids, and they had told the parents, "Hey, we, you know, it's a standard thing that we're going to be doing yeah, standard for, protocol the... for children who have been adopted." And they were like, "Okay," um, but they were really observing to see the differences in the kids. Um, it, it, and the other thing that you find out is they were all placed in homes that already had another adopted child. Um, that had been placed by that agency previously. So, so like the three brothers, yeah, all had older sisters that were 21 years old who were also adopted, and you know because they were two yeah. years older than them. So it was to observe, um, like the, the like the parents' rearing te- techniques and stuff like that. So it was it was interesting. Um, it was. It was a very uneven documentary, though. Okay. As far like, it was basically one of those like, it, it, it felt more like a TV movie that like a like a Netflix special or something than a movie. But you know, I have movie pass, so it was like, yeah, I was fine with seeing it. Like, I don't know if I if I had paid actual like money, money to, to see, see it. it. Yeah, I would. I might have been kind of pissed, but I mean, in the last six months, I think I paid for three movies. Oh yeah. Actual cast, oh, yeah. So. I mean, I use that thing at least. Three, four times a week. Now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I'm waiting to like. Last night was the first time this occurred. So I went to an AMC theater last night down in Methuen. Yep. And I didn't realize this. I mean, I had seen the signs before, but I had never done it before because I had always worked at uh, the restaurant we both used to work at on yeah. Tuesday nights. So on AMC's on Tuesdays, all tickets are five dollars if you're a member of their rewards club, which I am. Yeah. So I was like, I could have actually seen a movie earlier in the day, used Movie Pass, and then paid five dollars, which I'm going to keep in mind for the future. Because so I check in with Movie Pass, and at that theater, it's a weird price. It's thirteen dollars and nineteen cents for an adult ticket. So it loads that on the Movie Pass card. Yeah. And then when you go to pay for because I put my card thing in, it dropped the price down to five dollars. So I paid for it with the thing, but that means that there was still eight dollars on my movie pass, which goes away after. Yeah, it's like thirty I, minutes or something like 30 that. Thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I haven't heard anything from Movie Pass. I don't know if I would get in trouble if I then used it for concessions. Probably. Uh, I mean, I, I think so, but at the same time, like if there's that extra money left over, you are technically paying for the service so well uh, but the way it works I know is they get reimbursed from the studios and I just so I was just wondering for the future like if I go with somebody else to, on a Tuesday and their tickets are five bucks I'm like I wonder if I could buy two of them with it maybe yeah. I mean if you have that extra money on the account I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't be able to do so I'm just I, they're so weird about like verifying everything that I'm like I know that if they figured it out that could be like okay we're ending your, your yeah. you know so I'm like yeah do I really want to risk it for that I mean you know we're paying not ten dollars a month and we get to see as many movies exactly a, a different movie a, a day okay. <laughs> it's funny because AMC has their own subscription service really? um, but it's twice as much so it's $19.95 a month and you can only see three mo- up to three movies a week which I'm like the way I'm averaging right now that's about it but I, I go to maybe I go to the AMC theater maybe once every two weeks because yeah. there isn't one around here so I'm just like the only advantage to that above movie pass is you can buy your tickets up to two weeks in advance for that so see that's pretty cool but at the same time like I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> like I could buy a ticket two weeks from now, and unless I put a note in my my phone, I'm gonna forget about yeah. it. Yeah, like I've missed concerts for that reason. It's like, oh wait, I was supposed to be in Portland. <laughs> yeah, I actually had that happen. Uh, maybe a month ago, somebody back in February is like, hey, do you want to go to this concert with me? I've got an extra ticket. I'm like, that's great. I put it in my phone, but then. I, I, I wish I could figure out with the phone, like, I wish it would, like, give you an update, like, a week out or yeah. three days before yeah, you're like, yeah, hey, yeah. you've got this, because I do so much stuff on the fly, um, and I, you know, sometimes I remember to look ahead, uh, and if I'm, like, putting something in my calendar, I'll see it, I'll be like, oh, I have a concert that night, I, I can't do this or yeah. whatever, but... Um, so two days before the show, the guy's like, hey, I can't actually make it. I don't want the tickets to go to waste. Here's, you can have the other one too. And I was like, sweet. And then I was like, forgot all about it. Uh, I mean, I, I ended up going and I ended yeah. up bringing in a friend, but it was one of those things that was literally last minute. I was like, who wants, wants to go? go? Yeah. So. I've had a, a couple of those moments where it's like, oh, well, that's right. I have an extra ticket and the person I'm supposed to go with failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go? So for your, for Wax Reels and Beans, uh, well, first of all, where can people check it out? Uh, we're officially now on iTunes. Oh, uh, nice. Wax Reels and Beans. Yep. Just, yep, just Wax Reels and Beans. That's real. Uh, reels, R-E-E-L-S, yeah. like, like a movie reel. Yep. Uh, we're on that. Uh, I'm trying to update our SoundCloud just so that way more people could tune into it if they don't have a, a Apple podcast, just because it's easier. And... <laughs> Uh, the word spelled out or is it ampersand? Yep, it's uh, and okay. the word spelled out. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same thing. It's just Wax Reels Beans. So, I mean, it's it's going pretty well. Um, we just got Shudder. Um, so we've been uh, trying to figure out what horror movies we want to do, whether or not we want to go like a more classic horror movie route or try and get to like, the more cultish and like... And that's what, like style. a video? Yeah, like it's, a live it's, video like a, it's like Netflix for horror movies. Um, and it's five bucks oh, a month. Oh, Shutter with D's. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, there's yeah. another app, Shutter with T's. Really? Yeah. Um, and it's like a movie, like a video app where you can watch people do stuff. That's pretty so, cool. Huh, huh. That's, that's interesting. I wonder how many people have stumbled upon one or the other looking for the other one. Yeah, looking for, the for that. One. It's like, there's, there's a guy getting attacked by a tree. That's not what I was looking for That's in the slice, but... For, but, but I'll give us a watch. Yeah, let's see where this takes me. Um, uh, that's cool. So most of, I mean, most of the movies that you review are home, like home video or streaming or whatnot. Yeah, um, just because I have movie pass and Jake doesn't have it yet. Yeah. Um, but we are trying to figure out how we can get him that. Just that way we can do more uh, up-to-date movies. This week we're doing a... And he just saw Sorry to Bother You. So we're going to be reviewing that on Thursday with like... I just did my review of that this morning. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, well, this will come out afterwards anyway. So it's And that's on my For the Love Film podcast. Uh, so it was, it was interesting. I, I talked to my buddy Bob, who I see a lot of movies with, about it. It was very well made. Yep. Um, first of all, I mean, I think I might have said this to you over Messenger. It has a look, like it doesn't feel like a movie that was made in 2018. It has an older look to it, and I don't mean that in a negative way. No. Way, but I, it, it has sort of a low budget, but not, but not cheesy look to it. It definitely... It's not a big budgeted movie right. per se. I mean, it's that you know that it's from a film. It's a film festival movie, right? You know, and I think with seeing that and then reading all these articles about it, how Bootsy like funded it and how he like got everything set, yeah. like it makes sense that he wouldn't go to oh let's get this 
color graded the way it should be. Let's right. not make this realistic looking because it's the whole universe that movie takes place in. It's, it's I don't want to say it's an expressionism type of film, but it very much is. I mean, it's it, I mean it's it's satire. I yeah. mean, it's a very very close to reality satire. But yeah, I mean, it basically, I'd say it, it takes place in the the very near future. Like it. Yeah. it Technology wise, and the way society is, like I'd say it takes place in less than 10 years from now. Um, I thought it was very well made, but I did not like it, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> yep, like, I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, it was one of those things that, like, I, I was along for the ride for a while, and then I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like, and, 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 a very well crafted movie, yeah. well acted, and like um, for for a f- first film directorial debut, I thought he did a great job oh, yeah. with it. Um, very like it feels like he made the movie he set up to me. Uh, it just it was not for me, and I, I know, honestly, I'm like I don't know who this is for. I mean, like it's such yeah. a I mean it's a weird movie. It, it is a very weird movie. But. I also <laughs> didn't know and like. I, I can't remember if it was you that I was talking to or not, like because I had seen the trailer probably five or six times beforehand. Yeah. But I did not see the Red Band trailer, um, which is very different, I guess. I still haven't watched it, but because, and I, I'm trying to not give the movie away, but there's a there's a fantastical element that's yeah. introduced in the third act, yeah. which. You no don't one really seems, see coming. Yeah, you don't see in the trailer. And it really... Yeah, there's no hint of it in the trailer, and it's one of those things that, like... Like, what? I mean, the one thing that I, I have told people... I mean, because it's not playing around here, I don't think. Or uh, maybe it's playing it, in Newington, though. Oh, it, I got it you. Did it's just opening get released more, up. Yeah. you know, wider. Because it's doing, it's doing well in yeah, theaters. Yeah, it's doing really well. But I'm like, if full frontal male nudity bothers you, don't maybe skip it. Movie. Because they're, yeah, I'm like, it's... Fantastical, but it's and, something. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I mean, because that first thing, I was like, what? And then it was funny because when the movie was over, as soon as the credits roll, because it was a couple probably twenty years old sitting next to me, and I was like, did you guys know that blank was going to be in this movie? And they're like, nope. And I was like, well, see, I saw uh, I saw the movie with uh, a very good friend of my uh, Pharaoh, who I like known all my life. And it was one of those things, it's like, hey, I'm at the movie theater, you should come see Sorry to Bother Me. Right. Neither of us had any idea what else was going to happen in this movie besides... Which I like. I like going into <laughs> movies that way, and I like being surprised by movies. So in that sense, I guess I did like the movie, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Um, and I didn't hate it. I was just like, huh, okay, yeah. well... That got made. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you know, and I, I'm sure, Boots Riley will do another movie based on this, and I'll go see it. Oh um, yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a very unique style that I don't think we've seen in a at least two to three years. Yeah. Or anything even remotely like it. Um, I mean, have you seen the movie Kids? The the Larry Clark movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. even that movie, like. Just the, I don't want to say it broke genres, but it had its very unique feel. And up until re- actually yesterday, um, I didn't, I haven't seen like a trailer that's made me think of kids. Uh, Jonah Hill is making his directorial debut with a movie called Mid Nineties. Um, it's by, uh, it's produced by A twenty four, and it, it's a, uh, it seems to be following this like small kids kid by uh, the name of Stevie who's like a skater, 
and just what looks like California in like the 90s, like yeah. inner city type of California. And it just it reminded me a lot of kids. And I think what I'm getting at is like we see the same type of cookie cutter movies, like the same type For of sure. genres. And when we have these movies like Sorry to Bother You or Kids or Short Bus, yeah. you know, it's a lot of the population is going to come out of that theater or art house, whatever the thing, the, the first word of that mouth is, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's why I like this movie so much because I thought it was going to be a comedy. Sure. You know, and it, it very much was a comedy, but it's a like you were saying, dark yeah, comedy. third uh, act. <laughs> it's funny because I read some of the reviews afterwards and they're like, oh, it's, it's incredibly funny. And I'm like, there are things that I'm kind of like, I, like I remember a couple times watching it, instances in the movie where I'm like, oh, that's funny, where I said that to myself, but I don't remember actually laughing out loud. Yeah. At any, I mean, it's not, it's not that type of funny. It's no, not. It's, it's not a hilarious. If you movie. don't have a dark sense of humor, I don't no. think. I, I'll flat out say it, this movie is not for you. Yeah. I mean, if you can't like take a joke and not. Uh, I mean, it's 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 satire, yeah. so it, it it definitely digs into like where culture is now and where it seems like we're headed um, as far as like population control and class warfare and you know. Well, it's funny. Right after I saw "Sorry to Bother You," I saw this video that was released by an Amazon employee, and it was basically how they were talking about like their pay is getting cut but they're getting all these new incentives blah blah blah. it's like oh okay that's essentially what sorry to bother you was talking about that's a little nervous nerve wracking because I use Amazon all the time like it's Apple's kind of I mean and you know Army Hammer's character is very much felt like it was based off of Steve Jobs yeah and uh, Apple I have a bunch of friends who work for Apple and they do a lot of that stuff too like they try and they're trying to be all inclusive of so much of their employees' lives now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's funny because pretty much my entire adult life, all of my friends that I've made have been uh, people that I've met through work first. But I very much like keeping my work life and my personal life yeah. separate. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so it's. I, it, it's interesting because I've always found like my. I mean, that's you and I met because we were working yeah, together in the same line, uh, yeah. in the same kitchen. Uh, but I, I mean, I have friends who I've been friends with for 15, 20 years who you know we haven't worked together in you know twelve to fifteen years yeah. and we're still friends. So, yeah. but. Uh, talking about podcasts, how do you? So I have terrible stage fright, yeah. but I like making people laugh and like actually like yeah. getting getting rises out of people. How do you track, or how do you talk to people about like, oh, what do you do? Like, what's your show about? Like, you know, people ask me like, oh, what's your podcast about? And it's like, oh, I review movies. It's like, right? Is that's it? Like, you know, yeah. you know, it's like, no, like I rip on, I'm like trying to keep like a comedic aspect to it. And I think coming from my generation, you know, podcasting is like more of a a norm type of say sure um, where it's like I talked to my dad who's like 50 something years old and it's like record a show and then you put it out later like is that yeah. just a radio show that's not live yeah um, how do you deal with like having to explain that to older audiences it's <laughs> funny because I was uh, I don't know how, how often you go into Bull Moose but there's a employee there Tom Coletta yep. who's been there for and I've, I've known Tom 25 years uh, 
because I've tried to get him on the podcast, and, I, and I'm still determined that at some point I will get Tom yeah. Blood on my <laughs> podcast, but I was trying to explain to him a year ago about it because I had had uh, uh, Derek Archambault, uh, for those who have listened from the beginning, he was on season one. So Derek was vocalist of the band Defeater. Yeah. He now has a new project called uh, Rained Out, but it's R-E-I-G-N. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's either Rained Out or Rained In. I, I apologize, Derek, if you're listening to this. I know he's not listening to this. Uh, but I, I, I was kind of using Derek as my hook to try and get Tom on there because yeah. Tom, more than one person has described Tom as the unofficial mayor of Fordsmith. Um, I know, can see that. <laughs> I was talking to him yesterday about the fact that he, his band, uh, Gandhi's Lunchbox, back from the 80s and 90s, was the first Seacoast band to put out a CD, not a tape. Um, and this was in 1990. Yeah. So um, I was trying to explain to him a podcast, and he's because he was like, I don't know what a podcast is. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's a conversation. It's like, it's, I'm like, generally they're like interviews, but I like to do more of a, just a conversation. Yeah, conversation style. And he's like, oh, so it's like a radio show that yeah. nobody <laughs> listens to. And I'm like, but I, I, you know, I told him, I was like, it's on the internet. And he's like, oh, so it's like a radio show that nobody listens to. I was like, far from it, actually, nobody really listens to the radio yeah. anymore. I mean, people do. Yeah, but, but it's more like if you're stuck in a car and you have like, it's a traffic jam. Yeah, you know, or if like, you work in an auto zone yeah. in the back room, they, they've got WHEB on yep. for eight hours. But like, um, it was funny though, because for, for you, like how you and I are sitting today, I, I think it was Monday that I just said, it was either Monday or yesterday, I was like, who wants a podcast with me on Wednesday? And it was one of those things, because you and I have actually done a podcast before, we, we talked about Star Wars for about yeah. an hour, <laughs> but I did this last year, and it's, it's not so much that I've, it's definitely not that I've run out of people to talk to, it's far from it, I have a list of about 200 people that I want to talk to, and I have about 40 people now that I like we're in different stages of figuring out scheduling yeah. to talk oh yeah but I also like the idea of um, I, like I said I did this last year just throwing it out there because I was like I know people that I want to talk to and I know people that might be interested in talking to me on the podcast I mean there's a few people I've had on the podcast that reached out to me and said hey would you ever want to talk to me and I'm like absolutely I mean our mutual friend Judy yeah uh, that was she heard me talking to a, a, she heard an episode I did with a mutual acquaintance of ours and reached out to me and said hey would you ever be interested in talking to me I said, yeah I mean I knew Judy from roller derby um, I didn't know her but I was aware of her yeah so the first time that we sat down about a year and a half ago just down the street at uh, <laughs> uh, Cafe Kaleem okay. was the first time we had ever met uh, and we sat down and talked for an hour and kind of got That's to know awesome. each other which, I mean, most of the time when I sit down with people, it's people I have some sort of relationship with, but I also like getting to know people. I mean, that's the thing. It's just a conversation. Yeah. But when I when I threw this out yesterday, so many people who responded were like, what's the topic? And I'm like, there is none. It's yeah, an open-ended conversation. conversation. I mean, if it's an artist, if it's an actor, if it's a musician, if they have an album coming out, if they've got a show coming up, I try and kind of skew it or like at least touch on that and do it around the time to sort of promote it but I just I like talking to artistic creative people and you know it'll just come out that way yeah no definitely I mean 
with the, so I'm trying to develop two other podcasts right now. One with the, the kid I moved with down to Philly, and then last night my friend and I just started improving a bunch of skits. Oh, nice. And we turned on the my mics, and it just I don't know where it's going, but it, it's yeah. one of those things that like it's more of a release type of deal sure and like being able to actually be creative without having to like perform in front of people sure like that type of deal but uh I think that more most people don't understand like how much work actually goes into the podcast per se like I know you know like with editing and like having like you have a producer right you know like Jacob and I are from like passing off responsibility yeah I I know you do a lot of the stuff it's funny because you've reached out to me a couple times saying how do you do this how do you do that and I'm like I don't know dude yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things that like the way I see it is if you're gonna learn how to do it you're gonna have to fall a couple times right you know and and there's a great quote that I live by. It's actually from uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, and it's uh, Alfred Pennyworth tells off of Bruce, like, mess Bruce, why do we fall? So we learn, our, learn how to pick ourselves back up. It's like one of those things I've, like, told myself countless times, like, since that movie came out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my garage band stopped working one day while I was midway editing, like, a thing. So I had to save it to my flash drive, put it back on. And, you know, now it's like, all right, now I just have multiple copies, like, just yeah. to, to save it out. But I think it's it's just hearing it after the fact and saying, oh, yeah, I made that. But next time I can do this better or next right. time the levels can be a little bit better. And it's it's one of those things that I think most people take for granted because they're just hearing the the final product. Sure. You know, and but so much work goes into it. And it's like, yes, this is this is me. This is what I this is what I like to right. do. Yeah. So it's cool that like I know that you know what I'm talking about. And most of the people that podcast are also like, yeah. Like, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I had that same mic and it sucks. <laughs> it's so funny because I know certain people who listen to a lot of podcasts that will, based on like the the quality of the fidelity of the recording, will shut stuff off. Because yep. Which for me, and this is not just with podcasts, but with, with music, with movies, the content to me far outweighs how it's presented. Like yeah. if, if a movie is a good movie, I'll watch it on a shitty scrambled VHS copy like if I'm at someone's house and we're watching it like yeah. I can get immersed in the movie where some people would be like oh if it's not on you know 4K, 4K Blu-ray yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm just like that's always secondary like people are always amazed because I've been basically the last like 10 years of my life I've been moving every you know 18 months to 24 months um, I haven't had a nice sound system like like most of the music I listen to is on CDs one because I drive so much two it, they're more convenient I like vinyl but it's it's not it's, terribly yeah, convenient it's such a pain in the ass to move I mean I have two law file cases that just yeah. filled to the brim plus like two other milk crates of just records yeah they're not going to fit in my car. Like, I'm going to have to leave at least one of them up here and then come back for it at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. It's, and even to mail it to yourself with vinyl, even if you send it so media mail, it's so expensive. I did that. Um, it was funny. When we when I was living in Arizona, we had opened the record store, and we came out here for a wedding, and three different people gave us their record collections for the for the store, which yeah. was great. And, and we drove out here. So we put it in the trunk, and it was in the middle of summer. Oh. It was actually this week because my mother and stepfather just celebrated their eighth anniversary last year. Yep. So it was eight years ago. And so because it was so hot, we put it in the trunk. We put um, towels over yeah. 
and then put ice packs on top of it. I mean, the, the records were fine, but it's so heavy that from here to Arizona, driving back costs us $500 more in gas, which it was not $500 worth of records. I mean, if I had sold all of them, I think eventually maybe we would have made, yeah, because most of them were one or two dollar records. It yep. wasn't like amazing collections, yep. but you know, you live and learn and yeah. had no idea because we cut out some parts of the route getting back and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to save money and I was like, why are we spending so much more? But it was, you know, I was, instead of every six hours filling up the tank, it was every four hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. added 50 pounds of weight, you know, really does the, uh, does the trick. Honestly, it was probably easily like 100 to 150 pounds worth of records. Cause, I mean, you just th- just think about like you probably see like the. I have a couple wooden crates that are probably just a little longer than this table that we're at, yeah. which is so they're probably two feet by one foot. You pick one of those up. That's probably 60, 70 pounds yeah, right true. there. And it was basically three of those worth in the trunk. And we had two dogs in the car too. Oh yeah, so, so that does, like, uh, yeah. sounds like a, it's a great time. Well, yeah. I remember. I think it was my sophomore year, sophomore year of college, right when like I just started to really build up my collection. I was on Craigslist like free for some reason, yeah. and this old guy was getting rid of all his collections. Like, we got to take all of it. I'm like, oh, they can't have that much. Right. And at the time, I was driving a, a Subaru Impreza hatchback, and I filled the entire car with records. And it took me ten minutes when it should have taken me two minutes to get back to my house. Right. And uh, I remember opening up my door, and just records started falling out. I was like, well. None of these are worth anything, and I think I maybe kept four of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the. Uh, it's funny. I'll any collection that I have has like there's a very fluctuating nature yeah. to it because I'll get stuff all. The, I mean, people give me a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Um, it's funny doing with my paintings. A lot of times, uh, like I have. Uh, uh, I have a friend in Copenhagen who's twice sent me Star Wars figures that she's found in pawn shops and stuff like that. And it's funny because, I mean, Star Wars is big all over, or, you know, it's popular all over the world, but it, there it's not, it, it's one of many things that was, yeah. so there's not the, oh my God, this is it's awesome. Star Wars, yeah. And it was, one of the things was, it was a vintage figure that I had seen pictures of heard of but had never actually seen in real life which is uh the you know the best pen security guards yes um so they they were two versions of it so there was the white version and they made a black yeah version. i remember I'd, seeing I'd never her post seen the black one and she found one and said and didn't know i was looking for it. she just because i post uh yeah, pictures of action figures which is funny because i've had friends like give me a hard time about it they're like why do you do that and i'm just like pays off because I got a friend in you know uh, Denmark who uh, saw that I did that and just saw these and thought of me and I've had you know I've probably had in the last two years probably had a dozen people send me toys unsolicited because they know that I collected that's awesome. I mean, I was in Natick, Massachusetts, uh, a week or two ago with uh, my best friend Jack Swinebert, like just going around thrifting and whatnot. And we walk into this thrift store, and there's Jack Nicholson's Joker, like a cutout. And said, oh, that's wicked cool. Like, yeah. guy probably wants too much for it. And just dismissed it. Yeah. Walk out, and, my, and Jack's like, ah, I, I left my wallet in there. So he comes back, and he's holding this Jack Nicholson thing. Was in my car for like two weeks, just sitting in my passenger. Yeah. My passenger seat, and uh, it led to one of my friends giving me like 
one of those Joker logo shirts yep. from the, uh, the Tim Burton's movie. And I was like, wow, this is wicked cool. Like, it doesn't fit me, but now it's on my wall. Sure, that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's funny how things like that work out, though. Yeah. You know? It's funny because like, uh, my friend Gary, who I host The Real Fake News with, he hates thrift stores. He hates good, like, he despises them. So he always, like, whenever I tell him about them, because he's like, how often do you go into those? I'm like, at least once a week. I'm like, if I get time to kill and I go buy a Goodwill or a Salvation Army, I'll poke my head in because you never know what you're oh, going to yeah. find. I mean, I think one of my biggest regret thrifting-wise uh, was in the Goodwill in Summersworth. Yeah. Uh, there was every horror movie known to like all of the greatest 80s horror movies on Laserdisc yeah. and I'm starting to build up a Laserdisc collection I don't know why I just think they're Do you have a Laserdisc player? Uh, I'm trying to find one I had one for a while and it died that was the <laughs> last that was like that stayed I had a working Laserdisc player up until five and a half years ago and I know that it still works I left it in Jerome, Arizona because I literally didn't have room in the yeah. vehicle coming back and it's it's not that big it's like this big by that big but I just didn't have that yep. much freeze. Like, the van was literally packed. To the T, yeah. Yeah, and because we had to leave a little space for the... I had my cat in a cat carrier, which was right behind the driver's seat. Um, I mean, it was literally the opening was right above my head, so yeah. while I was driving, sometimes she would reach her pile and just slap. smack me on the yep. head. And then we had a little area behind the two front seats um, that we put blankets on and my dog sat there although half the time she sat on my friend's lap I had a friend fly out to Arizona and drive back with me but it didn't fit so I gave it to a friend out there and yeah. I, I mean I had pared down my Lasers collection at that point like I think at the height of it because about about 15 years ago is when video stores stopped carrying laser discs and video update was getting rid of all their laser discs so it was like Every few weeks, it would drop down because at first they're like, ah, ten percent off, thirty percent off, like fifty percent off. Yeah, the video update in Lee, I bought their last. I think it was like forty laser discs for fifteen dollars total. It was just one of those because I yeah. would go in every like like once a week and I pick out like two for like five dollars a piece. And finally, the the guy, the manager at the time, was like. Uh, you know, make me an offer. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want. Yeah, no, I was like, because it was pretty picked over. It wasn't yeah. like they were getting new stuff. Like I knew what they dead, had, yeah. and I was just like, Ugh. I was like, I was like, this one, this one, and this one. How about ten bucks for those three? He's like. Give me fifteen bucks for all of them, but you gotta take them all. And I was like, okay. Okay. So yeah. you know, and I ended up selling a few online, but it was like a dollar or two a yeah. piece, and it, it ends up being more like work than it's worth for a couple of bucks. Well, I mean, it was interesting because the first one I had got, like, as an adult, I should say, it was a Jurassic Park. My friend Dave and Ali got it for me for Christmas. It's like nice. one of my favorite movies. But before that, I had bought by mistake, and I thought these were all records. Like years and years before, I had bought all of the start like the original trilogy because I thought they were records, and I right. thought it was the, the like, soundtrack. Yeah, John Williams. Yep. Score. And I opened it up and like go to put it on my record player. I was like, "This is a CD." And I had no idea what they were. Right. Uh, and my dad was like, "Oh, that's a laser disc. Where the hell did you get that?" Blah blah. blah. 
And then I found a laser disc player, and I very quickly realized on the laser disc, uh, laser disc, laser disc uh, New Hope, Tom shoots first. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, and I lost my mind. And then uh, ever was since. Was that the first time you had ever seen yeah. the original cut of that yeah. scene? Nice. Because I remember going to see New Hope in like the 30th reunion or 30th anniversary in like the 90s. And I'm pretty sure Greedo shot first. Yes. That. Yeah. Um, so it was the first time I had ever seen that. And like, then I started finding out like, the Freddy, uh, it's New Nightmare, uh, the second Freddy Krueger movie. The Japanese version has a totally different like ending. Mm-hmm. And that was at the Goodwill in Somersworth. And I was like, oh, I don't need this. I'm going to have a dorking player. And it's ever since then, I was like, Should've they had it. all of them. That's <laughs> it's funny because I, I have, well, I don't usually have that problem because when in doubt, I usually buy something yeah. and then regret I'm like, do I really need this? Yep. It's. I went through that conversation yesterday because I listened to a couple Iron Maiden albums, okay. live albums yesterday, which I went through a period a few years. Like, I just got into Iron Maiden in the last, like, five years. Uh, it was just one of those things that never, like, they were, because I was raised religious, like, I wasn't allowed to listen to music like that. And Iron Maiden specifically, I because of the number of the Beast yeah. album, they're like, oh, they're satanic, they're, they're satanic evil, and they're not. It's no, power not metal. Exactly. But, so I, I went through, I literally bought every Iron Maiden album. <laughs> like, two years ago, I went through and reviewed all of them. Like, I spent like a month and listened to every Iron yeah, Maiden album in order. And there's a bunch that I like, um, but there's also basically from 1990 on, just like, yes. I don't really care. Which, when I think about it, I'm like, that's almost 30 years of music they've been making that I don't care about. So I got rid of most of those albums. Yep. Like, I kept a couple compilations from that era. So I'm like, all right, I have the best Yeah, of so it, you but, know what it is. Yeah, yeah, But I have these two live albums that I listened to them both back-to-back yesterday, and I was like, I don't really care about these. Other than the fact that they're not in print anymore. Like, they've been reissued as a single double, yeah, like, yeah. as a double album, because it's called a, a real live one and then a real dead one yep. and then when they reissued their catalog like 15 years ago it was re-released as a double disc called a real live dead one which is like whatever yeah. but I'm like just the fact that I you can't have get these yeah. Yeah. And, and they've like there's artwork in there that's not in the new version and I'm like alright I'm gonna hang it's on gonna keep for now for a bit. Yeah. yeah no I get that for sure but I don't even like Iron Maiden that much so it's just like it's I mean it's the collector nerd stuff. It's, oh, yeah. Is your how old? 23? 24. Okay. Yeah, so I've got 18 years on you. And oh, it's yeah. just, it, <laughs> it, it, if you've got that collector's bug, it's it, it only gets worse. Oh, dude. I, well, it's funny. I bought my dad a Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell on 8-Track because his brother found his 8-Track player, like the big bubble ones. Nice. And he's, he's sending them out, sending it to my dad from Arizona. And I was like, oh, I'll get this for my dad for Father's Day. Father's Day was two months ago at this point, you know, and I keep kept forgetting to give it to him, kept forgetting to give it to him. So finally, when I was moving stuff out yesterday, I was like, oh, Dad, I got this for you. He goes, I have three. I'm like, oh, all right. Now I started an 8-track collection. Right. That's funny. 8-tracks <laughs> are tough to find. Like, you find them at yard sales, but it's usually junk. As far as, like, finding, like, good quality ones, yeah. like, um, basically the only 8-tracks I will buy if I see them is Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin or Tom Waits and the Tom Waits ones are really hard to find oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I mean like I think I have maybe three or four cassettes with the, the exception of the Meatloaf A-Track I never even 
held any track before. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things that like I started my record collection by finding them on a box on the side of the road. And, like it had Santana, like a bunch of Judas Priest albums yeah. and whatnot. And it's like I don't know what I'm gonna do with cassettes. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this A track. Like yeah. it's just gonna sit in a box or sit in my bookcase, bookcase facing outwards, and that's gonna be the end of it. But <laughs> well, it's funny because cassettes was my entry point into buying music on my own. It was CDs were out, but not everyone had a CD player. I started buying my own music around 1988. So um, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. uh, uh, and then I built up a pretty impressive collection. I probably had like a hundred tapes by the time I decided to switch over to CD. And uh, I held off on buying duplicates for a while. And then I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to buy tapes. And then the collecting thing became like a a sickness where if it was an album I really liked, I would buy the tape and the CD because all my cars had tape players back then. So I was like, well, if I want to listen to my car... Whereas, you know, people be like, just buy a blank tape and dub it. But I was like, I don't like having the artwork and then, you know. No, I mean, uh, with records now, it's like I've got three duplicates of the, there's a band from Worcester, Massachusetts called The Hotelier, and their one of their biggest albums is uh, Home Like No Place There Is, and I have three different duplicates of it. And the different first, colors different of colors, environments, variants of it. And the first one I got was at a show that I saw them at, and like, I had them signing, so I was like, oh my god, you know, fanboyed out quite a bit. And then next to my girlfriend at the time was like, oh yeah, I bought this for you, and I had no idea that she had bought it. And then two months later, I was in Worcester, and I found, like, a first pressing of yeah. it. And now it's, like, sits in this one part of my record collection, doesn't move, will never move. Yeah. But it's like, yep, this is it. <laughs> For me, like, I've been, because I've been carrying down my vinyl collection, too, I'm like, if it's not a record that I actually listen to, if I have the conversation in my head of, well, I have this in my collection because, I'm like, then it's got to go. Because yeah. vinyl's so goddamn heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I have a... Before I go to Bull Moose, I actually have to go to the post office to mail out stuff I sold on eBay. But one of them being a Rolling Stones sealed record that I have. It's it's not an old one. It's a it's like a 2011 pressing. Okay. Um, it was just Target would do this thing for a while where, um, and they've kind of veered away from it. It's only through one record label, uh, Universal. Yeah. Um, if you bought the CD at Target, you would get a free vinyl copy. I mean, you'd have to mail this thing in. Yeah. I think they were counting on people not doing it, but... I mean, if I knew about it at the time, I would have yeah. been buying CDs well, left and right. I bought a ton, <laughs> and they were, you know, packed... There was a sticker right on the front yeah. saying it, but... Um, which I prefer them doing it that way than how, like... Because Walmart is not carrying vinyl, but their merchandise is so yeah, shitty. They're so bad. Um, it's surprisingly, they have the best prices on some of the albums that I've seen, though, because it's a standard twenty three ninety eight. Yeah, it's weird because there are some albums that like Bull Moose will have for like eighteen ninety nine um, that Walmart has for twenty three ninety eight. But then there's some albums that Bull Moose has for thirty five dollars that Walmart has for twenty three ninety eight. Yeah, which is uh, as much as I love that low price, it does kind of hurt the the record store industry. Oh, because, for sure. Like, you know, if you have a, a second pressing, let's say Hot Rocks, like 68, you know, that record's worth, like, easily upwards of, like, a hundred something bucks at this point, especially if it's in, like, a, a, a nicer condition. Yeah. And then you have Walmart has the new pressing, you know, granted, it's not, obviously not an original one, but right. to the, the average collector, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get this because it's $23. Right. But, if, you know, it's not going back to, like, 
us. It's not going back to the record, like the people right. that run these stores, which obviously you know because you know you ran yeah. the store. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the record stores that exist, um, they've had to subsidize to various degrees to sell other stuff to keep in business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm amazed Bull Moose sells so much music still because Newbury Comics doesn't sell that much music. Uh, a good friend of mine is a buyer for Newbury Comics, but she buys like socks and stuff like that. And, she gets flown out to Vegas twice a year for like industry shows and stuff yeah. like that. But it's that's how Newbury Comics has stayed State in business. Uh, what's crazy is a lot of people don't know this, uh, and I think I've said this on this podcast before. But do you know that Newbury Comics is the largest record chain in the world now? Really? Yeah. Actually, that makes sense. Now that I'm all the big about chains it. went out of business. Yeah, like Tower what was it Tower Records? Yeah. Uh, it's funny enough. I remember the first place I ever bought a CD, like my own CD. Was at a Tower of Records in Stanford, Connecticut, two days before it closed. Yeah. And I bought a Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory, and I still have that CD. I'm pretty sure that's the CD that's stuck in my CD player. Nice. Um, but I remember like very vividly going into the store, it's like being amazed, like a kid in a candy store. You know, like there was all these album covers like plastered all over the walls. It was, yeah. It was fantastic, and now it's like record stores are very hit or miss where like sometimes it's like that awesome dude who's like oh yeah if you like this record you should check out this record right. yeah or it's like that guy who's sitting there with his glasses at the end of his nose like oh you listen to that band right. and it's like instantly dismissed it's, right. it's funny though because like all of that has informed me as a music listener and a music consumer because I've been turned on to a ton of stuff from record store clerks over the years just playing stuff and, and being like oh I know you like this. Have you heard this band? No, I haven't. I've never even heard of them. Yeah. Oh, check it out. And, like, I've gotten turned on to so much stuff like that. But also, like, um, you know, early on being shamed by record store clerks from when I was buying caused me to do research on stuff. And it's funny because now I don't care. Like, because I, I used to be embarrassed if I was buying something that yeah. it's, I mean, case in point, Linkin Park, they're one of those bands that, uh, it's certainly a guilty pleasure for oh, me, yeah. but like, I still like. Um, I mean, I've purchased every single one of their albums, and I'm and you know, I've had friends that be like, "Dude, why do you buy that?" I'm like, "It's they write catchy songs." Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, yeah, like when I bought that record, I think it was 2001. Yeah, so it was like a year or two old. Yeah, and it was one of those things. Of it's like the guy's like, "Oh, you're nine years old. What are you doing listening to this?" I'm like, "Well, I just like it." And then two or three weeks later, I was buying a. Breaking Benjamin and I think I went to Walmart for that like I wouldn't have found Breaking Benjamin without like having that like alternative sound I mean I know what the hell the difference was between Lincoln Park and Breaking Benjamin at the time and I was like yeah this is cool this is, I feel edgy you know like that type of yeah. deal and then uh, as I got older I would like you know, all kids go through like their dad's stuff. Like I found like my dad's like Dead Boys tape and like stuff like that. And nice. my mom was super into like the Beastie Boys, so I found like, all these different rap albums. And then I think at like thirteen, I was walking around middle school like rapping Jizz's Liquid Swords, and I got in trouble. And the lady's like, "Where?" And one of my teachers was like, "Where'd you hear that?" I was like, "Oh, my mom has a CD of it, and I found it, and I'm yeah. listening to it." She's like, "All right, let's not rap that in school anymore." <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, but uh, I think music is one of those things that like everyone's got those guilty pleasure bands. Like my dad, one of my dad's favorite bands of all time is ABBA. You know, and uh, I remember him one day like when I was going through my teen phase, and like, oh, my dad's a weirdo. Like he's you know like everyone does it, and he's like singing ABBA. He's like, Dad, this music sucks. Like, you nothing nice to say. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to and now I'm 24. I'm like, oh, that was actually they're, they're pretty damn good. Sure, sure. <laughs> What's well, uh, 
we all kind of go through our phases of what's cool and what's not yeah. and it's like and it's funny because I think of stuff that I thought was awesome 10 years ago and some of it I can't like System of a Down they're good musicians I cannot listen to yeah. that band I'm yeah. just like oh god well, this is had, gobbledygook oh who was it, it was, I think it was the not Surge but the second vocalist I don't know Darren was, yeah Darren had this band called Scars on Broadway yeah. and I loved it like really? freshman year of, of uh, high school I was like my friend Emily turned me on to it and like I'd blast it and like I'd let my forefather would have to listen to it every day before school like I'd just crank it up like as I was learning how to drive he's like you need to focus on the road I'm like no just screaming this song and I listened to it for the first time in easily eight years of the day I was like uh, this is this is tragic <laughs> yeah I think the drummer from System of a Down is in that band too yeah, yeah. it's like oh man I uh, I don't know what I was doing here but it was a phase alright yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean it's funny I'm going so for the for the Love of the Film podcast this week I'm trying to watch all the Mission Impossible movies which, yeah I saw that which no, it's funny because normally I only review well not only but I mostly like 90% of the time just review stuff that are in theaters I I reviewed that movie uh I forget what it was called. It was a Netflix original, uh, the one that Duncan Jones directed uh, recently. It takes place in the future. Uh, oh, um, I, uh, not mute. Yeah, mute. Yeah. Um, mainly because that's the only way to see it is there. Um, and you know, I I thought it was worth mentioning, um, but uh, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. I'm halfway through the third one right now, um, which was fun. the second one was. Second one was the one that everyone warned me was the worst, which I actually didn't think it was as bad as the really? first one. Okay. Yeah. But you know, this is seeing them all now in 2018 for the first time. Um, I mean, they were one and two were both really silly uh, and like very unrealistic. I mean, they're like James Bond ish. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny because Lincoln Park did the theme song for uh, Part Two. Really? Yeah. It's. I mean, they took the Mission Impossible theme and then Fred Durst raps over it, and okay. it's. And the the rapping is kept to a minimum in that. But I remember having the album, and then that song ended up being on the second Lincoln Park album as well. Huh. Like because Fred Durst and Tom Cruise were friends for a little yeah. while, and it was just like. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like espionage and like action films, so I can. I've never seen a Mission Impossible movie. And Jake's really into him. He's like, "Oh, you gotta watch him. You gotta watch him." Well, my buddy Greg, Tom Cruise is his favorite actor, and it's funny. I really don't like Tom Cruise, yeah. so it's kind of like like I ended up having to see the second Jack Reacher movie last year because I think I told you about this. We, me and Greg went on this thing. We saw a movie in every yeah. theater in yeah, New Hampshire, yeah. so we saw the Jack Reacher movie in one of the ones. And that, I mean, it's a horrible movie. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I I don't like Tom Cruise whatsoever. I really just can't stand him in yeah. most movies. And the last movie I saw him in was The Mummy. And I knew going into that movie that I heard it that was, was terrible. terrible. I mean, it looked terrible. It, it was so bad. But my dad, I grew up watching classic monster movies with my dad. I was like, I have to see this. Like, they're, they're going into a dark universe. Like, I need to do it. Because, you know, I have a creature with black right. blue and that tattoo. There's, like, a reference in there. I got to go see it. Probably the worst $13 to this day that I've ever spent in my life. That's funny. And I remember falling asleep halfway through the movie, like right after they show like the creature's hand. And I woke up to my friend nudging me. It's like, yo, we gotta go. Like, it's, it's 
Totally. I was like, all right. <laughs> the only thing good that came from that is the fact that it did so poorly that they canceled that entire Dark Universe. See, the thing that sucks with that is I was interested to see how Johnny Depp would have played the Invisible Man. Right. But that's just because I really liked him in The Ninth Gate. And I think, like, him as a darker character is interesting. Um, he plays, isn't he the bad guy in the new Harry Potter Yeah, thing? he's yeah. like Gringot or something yeah. like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I'll be honest, the only reason I was even looking forward to those movies was for a creature of the black movie right. to make, and I was, like, excited to see what they were going to do with it. But. I, I don't know, like, it's funny, because I was thinking about the classic monsters, monsters and you have the, the Frankenstein sticker on your computer, and then you have a, the creature tattoo, because... Of the classic monsters, I would say Creature's my favorite, and then Frankenstein, and then The Bride of Frankenstein. Because I have this... Universal put out this box set a couple years ago, which is the... It's, it's just the original of yeah. each of the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although it does have Bride of Frankenstein in it as well, but it's like Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man... I think Phantom, no, Phantom's not on that. No, it, it, it there's is Phantom, yeah, because it's, I think it's six movies. Yeah, it's Creature, Dracula, Frankenstein, Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man. That's six, so yeah. Maybe, maybe it's I don't, seven discs, I don't remember, but it's interesting because all the bonus features, they go through the history of each, yeah. each, it's pretty good. Uh, do you have that set? I do have that yeah, set, yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good set, um. It's it's interesting how like sort of like the history of horror film in American cinema has has evolved over time. So well, I mean, it, it's interesting to see that, especially with like the Dracula, uh, all the different iterations of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I mean, Nosferatu is technically a Bram Stoker iteration, but because the Stoker estate didn't give them any rights they couldn't call it Dracula right, uh, which was one of those things that like most people were like oh that's that's cool I didn't know that it's like wow that's the first iteration of Dracula but it really doesn't get the credit where it's due right and then there's uh, it's funny because the first time I ever saw footage from that was actually in a movie called Killing Zoe where there is significant portions of uh, Nosferatu playing in the background of probably like 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, And I was like, what is this? I mean, and I saw Killing Zoe in like 94. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? I mean, I knew vaguely what it was. I had seen images of this, but this was pre-internet. And so it wasn't for like 10 more years till I saw that. And I think I actually saw the... um, uh, the one with uh, the remake with uh, uh, Klaus Kinski yes the, first. the 70s remake yeah yeah, which is actually pretty good as well I've seen that once or twice um, I've had to study Nosferatu more because I, I was a film major in school so I had to study that like the whole German expressionism uh, style of movies and I don't know. I, I like remakes of those movies, but I think they should just be kind of left as they were, just because it, it shows how much we, how much horror as a genre has grown. Oh, for sure. Say. For sure. I mean, if you look at movies like uh, Metropolis, you know that movie's a huge, huge uh, talking topic on like social divide and like the working class versus like the the one percent. And I think now at that movie, if that movie were to come out now, it'd be kind of like a similar thing where we saw in Sorry to Bother You, like that 1% is like, oh, well, screw everybody else because we've got all the money. Right. But in 19, I think that movie came out, what, 1925, something like that? I think it was earlier than that because it just played at the Luna Theater in Lowell. Yes. Um, And I think it's... 
it's, it's either the 90th anniversary or the 100th anniversary, so maybe it was the 90th, okay. which well, would be 1928. Yeah, I mean, that movie was incredibly ahead of its time, especially mm-hmm. with like the set design and like the, the visual effects that we saw. I mean, especially for a German expressism film where like everything's just severely saturated, like uh, Cabin of Dr. Caligari, like those types of movies, it, it just doesn't really have that much to say about society, and then bam, like Metropolis came out, you know, which yeah. was interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because it's influenced culture so much in the last however many years. Yeah. I think a lot of people who haven't seen it don't even realize that stuff borrows from that so heavily. And then I mean, if you see it, you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, look at 3PO's design and yeah. then the Maria robots. Like, it's not 100% of a copy, but it, it, there's such oh, an homage sure. to, that, for sure. to that character. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't even remember how we got there. There was something was about a, horror. <laughs> well, there was a point that I had at some point, but I've lost it, yeah. which is which is okay too. Um, what time do you have? It is twelve seventeen. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your time frame today? Nothing no, really. Yeah, I mean, okay. kind of fun employed until I make the move to Philadelphia. So, um, so are you gonna? So you. Is it Jake? That yeah. You do? Uh, sorry, he, he's not. He's not moving. So what we're planning on doing, we're, we're looking into a couple different options with uh, either using Skype or Google Hangouts to record our podcast yeah. uh, via different states. And then what I'll do is I'll record them, bring them into GarageBand, and kind of edit them. And right now, it's just kind of making sure that we both have the same audio interface, just so that way the audio is not like one's wicked good and one's like not as good. Sure. Just because. A lot of the people that are listening to it's like our, most of our parents, and like, oh, we can't hear so and so. You know, right. it's it's one of those things where we got to make sure the pops and the moms are all all happy to hear sure, it. But. Sure, and I mean, there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that are done via Skype or yeah. a comparable thing. It's funny because I've had, you know, I know people in various places in the country and actually in the world now who I've talked to about doing podcasts, and they're like, let's do it over Skype, and like. And this is not me shitting on anyone else doing it. I just, I don't like it specifically for this podcast only because I like the face, like so much of this podcast is the face-to-face conversation where you lose it. Even if it's someone that I know really well, there's... Yeah, you lose that that personal touch, you know. Like a huge thing for me is reading body language and like playing the room type of deal. And I think, especially for this podcast, like you're saying, like, you know, it's about learning more about the people. And like, yeah. You know, and I, I think it would definitely take away from that if you're doing it Skype-wise. Yeah, you know? and it's not, like, there's not a specific focus that we're like, okay, today we're going to talk about this, and then we can kind of have, like, we kind of have our points that we want to get across where this is just seeing where the conversation goes. So you, you lose that with... With Skype, I mean, and I don't have a problem with if someone has a specific thing they want to talk about. I mean, I have a friend out in Colorado. Uh, actually, she's from Colorado. She lives in Arizona now, but she works at um, a, a grow operation. You know, it's okay. a legal grow operation, but she wants to talk about you know marijuana cultivation. I'm like, I'm totally cool with that. Like, I, you know, I know next to nothing about the process of that, and that'd yeah. be interesting. I'm like, but I also 
you're someone that I think is interesting and would like to just talk to. Because she's one of the people that let's, is like, let's do it via Skype. And I'm like, well, next time I come to Arizona, we'll do it. We'll yeah. do it. I mean, we were supposed to do it last year when I was out there, but, you know, I was only in the area for like 36 hours. So, you know. Well, I got to ask, how did you get into podcasting? Like, what, how did I? Yeah, like... <laughs> What's now I thought that reminded me of the point I was trying to make. We were talking about like falling down. So like when when Greg and I actually did our trip visiting all the theaters, that was my first foray into podcasting. And one of the biggest professional failures of my life. But this is how you learn stuff. Like you learn from failure. Yeah. Um, so we just, we recorded a podcast for each movie that basically what we would do was figure out what theater we were going to go to see what was playing in the go so we would drive up we would record before the movie we're talking about either what we were going to see what we had done that week you know just whatever go see the movie and then on the return trip talk about the movie that we saw yeah so we decided we were going to record an episode for each one and then once we had done all 32 theaters release all the podcasts at once like a Netflix season okay so, but I didn't have any of this equipment back then. I was just recording it on my iPhone as voice memos. Oh. Um, and around like 25 or 26, my iPhone died. Um, I, now, I had been saving them to the cloud. Yeah. Um, so I got a new phone and went to go access them. Couldn't find them. And I was just like, so I went to... Uh, Verizon, who I have service with, and was like, hey, I'm trying to get this, and they're like, so they pulled up my account, you know, the cloud, and they're like, yeah, there's no, there's no, no audio file, and I was like, so I was like, I was crushed, like, at this point, we didn't have a network we were going to put it up with, it was one of those things that I was like, I knew some people that did podcasting, and it kind of like, did what you did, and reached out, and been like, how do you do this, and you're like, oh, you can go to this website and we'll show you how to do it. But I was, I'm not super tech savvy myself. And I was like, I wasn't necessarily asking for someone to do it for me, but I'm like, show me how to do it. Yeah. That's how I learn where like reading stuff. It's like stereo instructions to me. I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, we'll get it done. And then I'll find someone and be like, Hey, I've got all this content. I want to put it out, figure out how to do it. So I was terrified to tell Greg because I was afraid he was going to be like, forget it, let's stop doing this. But yeah. I was like, so I finally told him, and I waited till we were actually en route to our next one. And I was like, so this happened. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, here's the thing, though. We haven't told anyone that we were recording Doing these. This, yeah. So it's not like we have listeners who are being disappointed. I was like, and first and foremost, we were doing it for ourselves. So I think we should keep doing it. So we, I had bought a new recorder at this point. We recorded those. Um, we didn't end up doing anything with those. Uh, what's funny, though, because I've had another iPhone since the replacement one and maybe it was weird because I was out on my trip uh, uh, you know across the country last yeah. fall one day I was in uh, Wisconsin and it just says 15 new files downloaded to your computer all of a sudden and I was like what? and I opened it up and it was a bunch of the original audio files that's awesome it's, I mean I'm glad they came back <laughs> yeah but 
at that point, like I had already started doing this. And so this kind of like actually doing podcasting because that was the thing, always have a backup. That's why I have two recorders. I mean, this recorder we're using now and then this one is the For the Love of Film one. But I mean, technically I could use just one because I upload them as soon as I get them. And once it's up, I usually delete them off there because I've, yeah. I've got a backup on my computer and it's also on the server for our network. But this was because I did podcasts on my trip and I was like, well, what if a reporter dies on my trip? I want to have a backup. So, and they're about a hundred dollars. So I got two. Um, and then it ended up just, you know, they both worked. So I, I keep one for one and one for the other. And yeah. then the third podcast I did, we actually record in the studio. So nice. I don't need a portable one, but so that one, real fake news, my co-host Gary had, uh, so our producer and Gary do jujitsu together. Okay. And Gary has a very similar sense of humor to me. We, we worked together at Best Buy, you know, years ago. And uh, Duncan, our producer, was always who, who runs this network. He's like, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And Gary's like, what is... What's a podcast? Well, yeah. I mean, he knew what they were, but he's like, what would it be about? And he's like, whatever. You, he's like, you're funny. You figure something out. So he came up with this idea of just finding news stories and then presenting them and then riffing on them. Um, but he wanted another person, so he reached out to me, um, knowing that we have a similar sense of humor. And it took us a little while to kind of find the rhythm of the show because it was originally equal parts, me and him finding the stories, and he's much better at finding good stories yeah, than I definitely. am and it, it also the dyna- the dynamic works better kind of with me reacting to them not knowing what they are beforehand so he's yep. you know he'll he'll present stuff to me and but it's also turned into like a weird therapy thing for me because I'll end up telling like a lot of like personal stories like interjecting but like oh this reminds me of the time of blah 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um which at first I wasn't sure how much of that I was going to do. And it, it just kind of happened naturally. But, and it's funny cause I used to do stand up, and that was, you know, he had seen me do that. And I think it was where he thought I would be a good person for this. Yeah. But, and I've had people who find out that I did stand up like, do you want to do it now? You know? And I'm like, going back to your point talking about like performing in front of people it's not so much that I have anxiety although there is that as well but it's so much work goes into it and it's really just a it's, it's a matter of put all this time and effort into it and people have to show up and if they don't show up to that single time it's like to me, it always felt like wasting yeah, it's, time it's, and energy. Yeah, whereas, it's defeating, you know. You, you yeah. spend weeks on weeks writing content. I mean, I did, did the Portland circuit for like a month and a half when I first moved here just to like see if I was into it. And, you know, there was a couple shows where like nobody would show up. And it's like, all right, like yeah. I'm going to grab a bud and then just like hang out with yeah. the bar and talk to my friends. I mean, I, I literally, I did a show in Arizona at a bar that it was six people in the bar two of them were employees there one was the owner one was the owner's wife and then two of them were people playing pool so none of them were interested like the 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 bar staff was watching me but one of the guys playing pool stopped at one point he's like hey shut the fuck up and i was just like 
I don't want to tell you, dude. There's a big sign outside that says comedy night. You showed up, like. Yeah. What well, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was funny too because it was I was because I brought other comedians. They they asked me because I they had seen me do stand up five miles away at another place, yeah. um, and they asked if I could bring a couple comedians and do like a comedy night. So I said sure, and they had guaranteed us a certain amount of pay. I don't remember what it was, but I think it was like two hundred and fifty dollars. And so I called up these other two comedians who came up from Phoenix two hours away. And I think I promised them it was like either 60 or 75 bucks. I, I was paying myself more because I was producing the show as yeah. well. But I was like, all right. So at the end of the night, you know, I went to collect the money. Because like, so we had fewer people show up than we thought so I can't give you what was promised I was like okay so I was promised $250 what I got paid was $16 because it was based off alcohol sales and it was like at that because I was like I mean I kind of knew just based on this that I was like and it was it was a it was a a friend of a friend who had booked it and I was like okay so but the way I am I mean, I was furious, but I didn't want to screw over the other two people because I was like, these are people that had brought me down for shows yeah. there. And, and I knew if I was like, sorry, that I'd never work with them. So I paid them out of pocket, you know, what I had promised them. Um, so it was like, it ended up costing me like, you know, it was over $100 out of my pocket instead of making money. Yeah. And I was like, which is money I didn't have at the time. But that was a good, again, you learn from your failures. That was a good thing. Like, always get it in writing. And, you know, if you can, get paid beforehand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that with, like, the few gigs that I've played with, like, music and bands and whatnot. It's like we've gotten screwed out of, like, a couple hundred dollars because they presented the date was wrong. And it's like, oh, well, we're here. We drove three hours. Sorry. It's like we drove three hours. What's what's up? Yeah. Happens. But, yeah, I mean, if if the opportunity ever arose again where I was able to go out and do stand-up... Probably. I, I would try it out. You know, yeah. I have enough ridiculous stories now that I can just be like, yeah, this happened one time and like blah, 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 and like get a couple laughs and then right. that be the end of it. But I, I feel like this kind of conversation, like being able to record it, like just comes more naturally. Sure. You know, it's not someone heckling you in the crowd for like the saves the day shirt you're wearing sure. or something like that, you know? Well, plus for me at least. I get that release each week being able to, or every other week because we record two episodes back to back because Carrie's wife just had their first child so he's, he's his energy is usually just fumes at this point but, oh, yeah. you know, and it's I can put my creative energy into other stuff that is more fulfilling. I mean, I get that release, but I put it into painting, I put it into podcasts, put it to other stuff. So, you know. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. I mean, with Jake and I, it's been scheduling has been a, a, a hectic for sure. It's mostly on my point because I've been driving back and forth between Philly every other week, like, yeah. trying to get, like secure the job and like make sure I have a place to live. So it's been the past two weeks we've been recording two episodes back to back, just so that way you know we have content going. Sure, well, yeah, because transition is tough. I mean, this will, this is. I haven't put up a new episode of this podcast in probably two months, just because I've had a million things going on, moving, starting a new job, yeah. so on and so forth, having vehicle problems. So like that was the thing. Like I've got a few lined up for later in this week too that I'm like. 
because for this podcast, I was putting one out a week, but it's you know not not having one up for like two months is, was like killing me. I was oh like, yeah, because okay. I didn't want people to think that I I was stopping doing it yeah. and lost interest. But I mean, we had just Jake and I had to bring that up in one of our I think it was not last week's episode, but the the thing review that we did. I was like, we're still doing this, you know, it's, and we explained to everyone it's like this is what's going on. Like I left JSR, I'm like trying to work, like figure yeah. stuff out, and, like figure out the move, <laughs> and I had someone email us like a random listener that neither of us knew like hey like hope you guys don't quit like glad you're still doing it blah, blah, blah. I, like, I have no idea who you are but I'm glad that like if you like our stuff that's awesome but it, it's cool that like like you were saying doing back to back like how you, you and Gary do I mean if you want to take if, like you need to take a break because you have a personal issue like it gives you that leeway yeah. you know and it gives you that time to like recharge figure about think about how, like what you could do better for next week you know that type of deal which is huge we did that last fall when I was going on my trip actually it was last summer we knew I was going to be gone for you know uh, four to six weeks so we recorded I think it was six additional episodes and then kind of told them out that way now with Especially with movie reviews, I feel like you need to be able to hit it just where, in your case, more specifically, you need to be able to hit it where it's the movie's so relevant. I try and do, yeah, that's why, so that's why I try and do three movies a week and then put it out that week. Like, I was trying to do it where, like, I would go see a movie on Friday, maybe on Saturday, maybe on Sunday, like, at least two weekend movies and then usually something during yeah. the week and then throw it out. I tried to time it so I would see something in the week. And then the weekend, so that like Monday or Tuesday, I could put it out put to it review out. Yeah. something that just come out. I, it's weird because I follow a few podcasts that are movie reviews, and because I try not to spoil movies, yep. uh, and a lot of a lot of the podcasts that I follow go full into it, yeah. um, which. I mean, I don't know how many people actually listen to movie podcasts uh, to find out about a movie, like, to see if they want to see something or not. But yeah. I've had a few people say, oh, that's good to know that this is what this is about or, you know, you thought it was good or not. And I've seen movies, I've definitely seen movies that I would not have seen if I wasn't doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, I saw, took my mom to see Book Club on Mother's Day. <laughs> Um, you know, stuff like that. I saw yeah. Fifty Shades Free earlier this year just because I needed to get my three movies for the week. Um, that's that's what the dregs of February will do to me. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I try and get stuff out at least within the week. Um, it's It's been a little wonky, again, because of moving and stuff, but I was oftentimes putting out two episodes a week because I would I do a lot of special episodes, uh, like we did that Tatooine talk. Yeah. I do, uh, my buddy Bob and I have done a bunch of uh, burgers with Bob. We'll, we'll yeah. go see a movie and then talk about it over a burger, and it gives us an excuse to go try out different burger places. And I've done this uh, for the love of mixtapes episodes. We've done two so far, and that's I, I find a different friend I, I have. We have a artist in common that we both love and we basically each pick our five favorite songs by that artist like making a yeah, virtual mixtape mix yeah, yeah. so we did U2 was the first one and then Alkaline Trio was the second one so. I just started listening to Alkaline Trio yeah, uh, a great band. for like years everyone's like oh you like the Menzingers you gotta check this band out Like the only songs I'd ever heard by them I didn't like whatsoever it's yeah. like, nah, not about it and uh, I think it was when I was still at Sonny's uh, Jess put them on the like on the, uh, the speaker and I was like oh that's really good and who is this She's like it's alkaline trio, but apparently you hate them, so like. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where our, our podcast split, where we review a lot of stuff that's already been out for a while, like movies that, like, friends have been telling us about, or, like, things that we see on Netflix, like, and we'll go straight into it, because, you know, the movie's been out for two, three years, right. like, people, if you hadn't seen it, like, sorry, you know, yeah. sucks, Charlie, but, you know. <laughs> I forget what I, there was something that I talked about on the Real Fake News recently, it was a movie that was, like, 18 years old, and I discussed a plot point, and Doug and the producer's like, you're not going to give a spoiler warning? I'm like... It's 18 years I'm old. Like, if you yeah. haven't seen it now... I'm like, first of all, if you look this movie up anywhere online, it's probably going to talk about that yeah. right off like the Like the first image that you see. Yeah. 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 Um, I was like... My rule, like, like with the Star Wars movies, when I talked about them, was like, I, whenever there's a new one out, I'd say I give it a month before I... I mean, and I'm not looking to, to intentionally spoil for someone, but it's also not my job to, to keep sh- every yeah. movie and TV show safe for... Oh, yeah. Well, at, when Infinity Wars came out, it was before we had the podcast. And Jake's not a huge superhero fan, like, superhero movie, but I I love all of the MC, most of MCU. So I saw it, I think I saw that movie, like, three times. Uh, because it was before Movie Pass restricted you to seeing it once, so I just kept going, kept going. And I wrote a blog for it two weeks after it came out, and we had gotten, like, comments on our website, like, how could you ruin this? And blah, blah. And uh, it's like, well, the movie's been out for right. two or three weeks, so yeah. there's memes of what I'm talking about already. Like, <laughs> and it's also one of those things that it's really up to the individual. If you want to see the newest Marvel movie, but no, you're not going to get to see it for a week and a half, stay off social media, oh, yeah. especially if you follow 20 people who talk about superhero movies, because yep. inevitably it, it's going to get spoiled. I mean, that's how I, when I first saw Sorry to Bother You, I'm going to keep jumping back to this movie, because yeah. it's still mind-boggling to me. I saw it, got into my car, and texted Jake. I was like, don't look anything up about this movie, but you need to go see it. He's like, what? Well, just, just go see it. Like, I'll tell you about it when yeah. we finish it. And uh, he's like, all right, like, sounds good. And he saw it, I think, last... Actually, this Sunday. And he's like, that movie was absurd. You know, and I haven't... That is a good way to describe that <laughs> And I haven't talked to him about it in depth because I haven't seen him. I'm seeing him uh, on Thursday to review two of our movies. Nice. Are you going to review that one? Yeah. Nice. Because I know his views of movies and my views of movies, while they most of the time are aligned, if they're dip separate, like, I have a very strong feeling it's going to be us going back and forth and there's going to be name calling and, like, a couple of which giggles is, here and there. Which is more interesting audio, to be honest, than if you're like, yeah, I loved it. Oh, I loved it, too. Cool. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. sweet. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, there's... So I... I think you might have seen this. I think you actually commented on it. I had never seen Predator in its entirety yeah. until, like, a month, month and a half ago. What did you think? I didn't like it. Um, I liked it because it was one of those movies that, like, it's a pivotal alien sci-fi movie. Sure. Um, I don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I mean, the only movie I like him in is Shingle All the Way because I have it on VHS and I used to binge it like a, a madman when I was a child. But uh, I just didn't like him, you know. There's so many good quotes in that movie, which I, was funny because I would quote that movie with Jake without actually having seen it. Right. So... I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, it's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Like Dylan, that. you son of a bitch. <laughs> and like, we would, every time I'd walk into work, like, we'd quote that movie. And like, when I posted the review, it was like, you've never seen it. And I think I gave it like a four or five out of ten. It's like, I don't know. I, first off, I'm terrified of aliens. So right off the bat, like, knew it wasn't going to like this movie. Second off, like, it was just so over-the-top action. So, yeah. Not about it. And yeah, it, it's more of an action movie than sci-fi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you probably know this already because you usually look stuff up, but do you know who the 
when the production started? Do you know who the actor inside the alien suit was? I know I've seen the... I've definitely read it, but the name is escaping me. Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's right. Yeah. But the alien looked very different that it was like a bug type thing. Yeah. And it was all going to be CG afterwards, and then they decided to go with practical effects. Which, in, in my opinion, most alien movies that go the, the practical effects route, nail it. For the most part, I mean, you have the the underliners. Like, I love M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Signs. That movie was actually the movie that sparked my fear of aliens. But the, the design is such your typical, like, gray alien, but it's got, like, something about that design. And then you look at, like, uh, the xenomorphs and then, like, the predator. It's such unique, different sure. character designing and things of that nature. But it's, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Are you looking forward to seeing The Predator? Oh, you just saw Predator. I just saw Predator time. for the first time, so I'm kind of like... It was weird, because I've seen the second one, and I really liked the second one. That's interesting, because that's usually most people's least favorite yeah, Predator. Yeah, I movies. loved the second one, but I'd never seen the first I one. I liked the second <laughs> one. Um, I'm not a fan of the Alien vs. Predator movies. Nope. Um, nope. I actually like Predators, which came out. With uh, Adrian Brody? Adrian Brody, yeah, and uh, uh, Topher Grace and yeah. a couple other It's yeah. right, he is in that. Walt I forgot Goggins about that. I mean, Lawrence I've Fishburne. seen... I think I saw Predators first before I saw the second one, and then I saw the second one, and I just never got around to seeing yeah. the first one. I'm pretty sure I rented it when Blockbuster was still a thing, and it was one of those things I was like... 13, 14 I was like I want to go do something else like, yeah yeah. It's a, but, weird, it's a weird movie I mean it doesn't really turn into a sci-fi movie until like an hour into the movie yeah and I think that's why I didn't like it you know it's because it's everyone talks about it being like this alien movie it's like it's not here's something to check out though if you don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger because I'm not a huge Schwarzenegger fan as well he did a movie in the last five years and I'm not 100% on the title. I believe it's just called Maggie. Yes, uh, where his daughter's uh, started. She can crash the zombie. Yeah, have you yeah, seen it? I, I did really like that movie. He was fantastic. Yeah. And I got angry with that movie, actually, because I'm like, this motherfucker can act? Yeah, like, that's that's exactly what I... So when I first saw that trailer, and I remember, I think it was in my senior year of high school, that trailer came out, and I was like, wow, that looks really good. And I didn't see it for like two years, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, like this is... You know, he's pronunciating like he's yeah. actually like his accent's gone for the most part, and it's it's a like, devastating. Yeah, movie. it's heart wrenching. But it's, it's basically really like a drama in the in the horror yeah, it was science zombie, fiction like, like, exactly. like framework. Yeah, and I, I did really enjoy that, but I mean, for the most part, I I could do without. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and he's done a couple other things in the last few years that have like been out of the norm for him. I mean. I don't know if you saw, he did some public service announcements a couple years ago, which he paid for himself about climate change and, like, uh, how important it, like, not the position you would think the ex-Republican governor of California would have. But yeah. He was basically like, we were able to do this in California, you know, putting these limits on the big industry and preserving the, you know, um, the ecosystem there. It needs to be implemented around the country. And he's just like, this is important. And going forward, we really need to do it if we want to save this country. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see these these big name actors that have very different viewpoints than what you think they would have. Yeah. Um, I mean, perfect example of that is uh, Robert De Niro. 
and I, I love Robert De Niro. I'm a huge fan of like mobster movies to begin with. And uh, even just seeing him in like non mobs, like even his, his comedy roles, you know, like Meet the Fathers or Meet the Parents. Uh, I loved him in those movies. And he just got announced that he's going to be in a, the new Joker movie. And there's been so much just flashback because of his political views. And Where he said fuck Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. Like I really like. I don't know if you're familiar with the Batman comics, but I hope he's like Carmine Falcone. Like I hope he's, that would be interesting. Like that'd yeah. be an amazing casting because yeah. the, the, that's the Joker movie that Joaquin Phoenix yes, is playing the Joker. Yes, and it was one of those things that I was reading it and like the nerd sense and like started tingling. Was like, oh, this is gonna be sweet? Like it's gonna be. He's the one that like hires Jack Jack Napier if they go that right. route, and we see him become the Joker and just like yeah. you know Falcone and. De Niro and uh, Phoenix are just like at each other's throats yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. But what they they're playing it as now is he's a a TV host, which I think is BS. Yeah. Just because it's De Niro and it's a crime film, like you know. Although they could be casting against type too, you never know. Yeah, that's true. But so, I guess time will tell. Be interested <laughs> to see. Uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings. I posted something the other day about the. James Mangold is officially attached to write and direct the Boba Fett movie, uh, which I don't, I, I absolutely don't think we need a Boba Fett movie at all. But they're they're going to make it regardless of how I feel. But so. see, we didn't need a Han Solo movie nope. either. I, I think we talked about this. I loved the Solo movie. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. It, it wasn't everything that I hoped and dreamed it would be. But it definitely exceeded my expectations. My expectations were so low that it was, that it exceeded mine as well. It was uh, it was fun, and it stinks because it's the first Star Wars movie that's actually lost money, yeah. uh, and that's complicated. And I talked about it. We talked about it at the roundtable discussion of it. But I think that's had Disney take pause with what they're going to do going forward. But because originally it said all other all other you know, standalone movies are on canceled, hold. yeah. But, um, well, they never said they were canceled, but they said they're on hold, yeah, that's indefinitely, right. which usually means canceled. But this is the next one they're going to, they haven't given a timeline for it yet. I would imagine it's going to be after episode nine, yeah. But. See, the only standalone movie that I truly want to see is the Obi Wan stuff, yeah. and I want to see Ewan McGregor bring it back into it, and I would love to see what he's doing on Tatooine in between episode three and episode four because if you look into like legends and things like that there's so much that people don't know about this character like, right. just to see it touch upon a little bit well yeah. they kind of set it up uh, at the end of Solo that that might be something I mean they set it up so they could tie it together yeah. but it also to me kind of goes against how they originally said these standalone movies were going to be I'm like if it ties into another one then it's not, it's not a technically a standalone yeah I mean, especially if you look at Rogue One, these are all new characters with the exception of, like, Maz, uh, not Maz, but, uh, Mothabra, whatever. Mon Yeah, Mothabra. And, uh, you know, with these new characters, it's like, especially with the Solo movie, it's Han, Chewie, and Lando are the three main characters. And it's like, we already know all about, like, for the most part, we know all about them. Not so much Lando because, you know, we only see him on Cloud City. But if they do tie it together, especially with the Maul storyline and, like, the Obi-Wan storyline, they already ended that. They ended that in Rebels. So to see how they'll kind of play into that will be interesting. Right. Because we're not... I doubt we're going to see another Obi-Wan versus Maul fight. Sure. You know, just because it has been done. 
But if we do, especially seeing Ray Parker and Ewan McGregor face off again, right. we haven't done it in 15 years, you know, that, yeah, that, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's inner Star Wars fan will just like, you know what, like, this movie's sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, that's, uh, I think that's a good place yeah, to Yeah, I think that's to, a pretty good pause. Yeah. Uh, Glad I got to see you before you head out. Yeah, um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. If you're ever and, uh, down in Philly, let me know. Well, uh, I'll definitely. I mean, you know, it's like five six hours away, so yeah, uh, it's not that far away. Oh yeah. And I I've been been itching to travel again soon, yeah. so I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Okay, thanks, cool. Scott.